Welcome to the Rich Coach Club, the podcast that teaches you how to build your dream coaching practice and how to significantly increase your income. If you're a coach and you're determined to start making more money, this show is for you. I'm Master Certified Life Coach Susan Hyatt, and I'm psyched for you to join me on this journey. Y'all, listen, this is a completely true story you will crack up. So a couple of years ago, a friend of mine (laughs) decided to quit her nine to five job and launch her own online business. Yes, so exciting. She went out and bought a gorgeous, sleek Apple laptop, brand new, latest model. This was her very first investment in her new business. And then to celebrate this big career change, she bought herself a bottle of chilled sparkling wine, a little jar of caviar, and some cheese and crackers. Ooh so fancy. She was floating on cloud nine, so excited, and she couldn't wait to get home and tear open that box and use her new computer. And when she got home and opened up her brand new laptop, popped that bottle of bubbly, hopped on the couch, and then she immediately spilled champagne and caviar all over her brand new $2,000 laptop. Oh my God. A champagne disaster. Okay. So that is pretty much the perfect example of a first world problem. A first world problem is a problem that's so ridiculous, so privileged, that it's not really an actual problem at all. Like when you're on a plane and the high-speed Wi-Fi isn't working and you feel like the world is ending, hashtag first world problem. Or when you summon an Uber on your iPhone and there's a 12-minute delay and you start huffing and groaning and pacing around in annoyance, you react like you've been abandoned in the woods for 12 years. Our minds are so funny, right? It's so easy to hyper-focus on the negative side of things and blow things way out of proportion. And it's so easy to complain about the smallest setbacks instead of focusing, hustling, and getting things done. So as you're running your coaching practice, do you want to feel defeated by every little tiny microscopic setback or do you want to sail forward with power? Bottom line, do you want to be a whiner or a winner? It's all up to you, boo. A successful workday starts with your attitude, and that's what today's episode is all about. So keep listening, and let's laugh at our own ridiculousness and get our attitudes back on track. Here we go. We're starting with a segment that I call your two-minute pep talk, and this is the part of the show where I share some motivation and encouragement to get your week started off right. And I try to keep things short to two minutes or less, but don't you be complaining at me if I give you more than what I promised. I think of myself as a very resilient woman. I've been through some heavy shit, y'all. I've survived assault, online bullying, trolls, death threats, a stalker, and listen, much crazier stuff that I've never even shared publicly. I've dealt with major business challenges, not to mention I've raised two kids, made it through, by the time this airs, 27 years of marriage, which has been a nonstop roller coaster ride of emotions. And I'm still standing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why I'm like singing in the last couple episodes, but there you go. So yeah, I think I'm a pretty tough cookie. And even tough cookies have crumbly moments. 
I totally have moments where my inner whiny toddler comes out and everything just feels so hard. Like when I run out of coffee pods for my Nespresso machine and I'm like, what? Who let this happen? My morning is ruined. I can't possibly get any work done today. And I react like it's a national emergency. We all have those moments. Those moments when you forget how incredibly privileged you are, how blessed you are, how 99% of problems are actually so tiny and solvable. And when you run a coaching practice or any kind of business, it's important to keep things in perspective and keep yourself in a positive frame of mind. You cannot allow yourself to waste a whole hour or whole workday whining and complaining. The path to your dream coaching practice is not paved with complaints. That's for sure. So the next time you experience a setback in your business, here's a question to ask yourself. How can I turn this problem into an opportunity, a victory, a win, a gain instead of a loss? There's always a way to do this. Like for instance, if the Wi-Fi on your plane isn't working, you might feel annoyed because you're planning to catch up on emails. But now you have an opportunity to do something else. You could spend a few hours on that flight reading an inspiring book. Hello, how about the bear book? You could watch a documentary film. I've got one of those too, the bear documentary. Brainstorming marketing ideas, making a list, chatting with the person in seat 15B right next to you who turns out to be an ideal client for you. And they ask for your business card and they email you the very next day to inquire about hiring you. Now, I have to give a side note here. I usually put on my headphones and don't talk. Those of you who know me know I'm like, don't bother me. (laughs) But I have to say that example has actually happened to me twice. When I did talk to the person next to me, I have gotten two clients on airplanes before. So just like that, you turn the Wi-Fi problem into new enrollments and cash in the bank. So look, of course, you already know this stuff. You know that every setback can be turned into an opportunity. But the key is not just knowing this, but really feeling it, believing it, and living accordingly. If you're stuck in a deep funk, if you feel really defeated and can't seem to shift your mindset, well... I recommend that you take a break from sitting around ruminating inside your own mind and get some perspective. Hire a coach, brush up on your history, read about the incredible black men and women who shortly after being freed from slavery went on to open their own businesses. Someone can survive slavery and go on to run a thriving business. And you are telling me that you can't haul your butt out of bed and write a blog post to promote your coaching services because your Wi-Fi is too slow? I mean, come on, people. (laughs) Read biographies of immigrants who came to America with nothing, not even able to speak the English language and who built empowers. Talk to your elders, too. Talk to your mom, your aunties, your grandma. Ask these women to tell you what our world was like just a few decades ago, what it was like to get a job, or find clients in the days before email and texting and Wi-Fi and PayPal and all the modern conveniences we enjoy today? What was it like to be a woman and not be able to vote or get your own credit card without a husband's permission? That shit was still happening in the 80s. It's humbling to listen to these kinds of stories, and that's a good thing. A little humility 
can knock your perspective back into place and help you realize, hey, if they could survive and thrive in spite of all those challenges, then I can thrive too. Yes, you can. You have everything it takes, all the power, all the creativity you need, all the resources too. The biggest obstacle in some instances, the only obstacle is your own mind and attitude. So take the coaching skills that you provide to your clients and flip them around and apply those to yourself. Give yourself the attitude adjustment that you need to succeed. Pep talk complete. I recently had a conversation with the amazing Sunday Bean. Sunday is a coach who specializes in working with expats, which means people who left their home country and choose to live overseas. Now, Sunday has lived in some of the poorest countries in the world, and she's conquered some really unique challenges. One place she lived was literally voted worst Wi-Fi in the world. And one place she lived was so impoverished, people would steal the copper out of her phone wires while she was in the middle of talking to a client. Oh my God. And when I meet people like Sunday and hear about what she's dealing with on a daily basis, it reminds me to shut the hell up about my Nespresso coffee pods or my Wi-Fi speed. I mean, seriously, hashtag perspective. I know you'll love this interview. Without further ado, let's dive in. So, Sunday, I invited you to be on this podcast for a variety of reasons. Number one, I love the work that you do with expats, but primarily, I love how resilient you are. And if there's something I know for sure, it's that in these entrepreneurial streets, one of the biggest things I see blocking my podcast listeners is a belief system and an attitude of, well, if it's hard, then maybe I shouldn't be doing it. Or, you know, it's hard, therefore, I'm just going to stop and do something else. And I'm always blown away by, you have such fun stories and such rich stories about how you navigate business and life abroad. And of course, that's your whole business is helping other women do the same thing. So I think I decided I must have you on the podcast when you told me about your go bag. (laughs) So, you know, I'm all about it's go time and you literally have something called a go bag. You have to tell us what that is. Okay. So people who are in the foreign service might know this, but a go bag is what you have on hand in case you have to leave your home in emergency. So for example, when we were living in West Africa, the city is called Wagadougou, and I challenge anybody to spell that right on the first go. We were there and just based on security measures, we knew it was advised to have a go bag. And so what that looked like for our family was a couple backpacks where if literally we had to leave our home within hours, we could throw our bag in the car and drive across a border in West Africa, get to a hotel and be ready for any health emergency, any sort of emergency. And we would be okay. So, you know, we had things like blood types on a card. I had emergency numbers. We had a, you know, a medical kit. Malaria is really dangerous in that area. So we had, you know, malaria medication just in case. So literally if we had to leave, we would be prepared. And we also had 
things in our home, like water storage or, you know, things in the pantry, because you never knew if you would have to shelter in place for, you know, five days because of something that's going on. And ironically, the coronavirus is going on right now in China when we're recording this. And there's many families who are doing homeschooling for their kids. They're hunkered down, you know, and it's the same principle when you're abroad and something happens that's way beyond your control. You need to have the right things at your fingertips to know that you're okay. Especially because I just, I had little boys. I want to protect my children. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and like when you talk about, I'm like, wait a minute, you have a go bag, what's in it. Right. And so you just Mm -hmm. told us some of what's in it. And just the idea of being in business abroad and having that reality be just part of business as usual. Like, yeah, yeah. we have go bag and we're ready to go at any moment. I'm like, hey, this is a little different than my Nespresso pod emergencies. <laughs> like, <laughs> right? Like this is, and I know you're very careful. I know you don't want people to listen to this and get the impression that you're trying to be like, hey, it's tougher for us abroad, so buck up. And I respect that. And that's not what we're trying to say. But, you know, right? Like people do have tough stuff going on in their lives. All of us do. And just having some perspective of, hey, if you have Wi-Fi and you have a safe working environment, you have a lot. And it's more like, well, what if I don't have great Wi-Fi? Like, for me, that was not an option to not do my business. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know this when I said yes, but I found out later that Burkina Faso was noted as the world's literal worst internet on the planet. <laughs> oh my God. I'm itchy. I'm actually itchy just thinking about that. <laughs> Shit. And now it's, it's kind of like when you have, you know, vaginal childbirth from like a kid who's like way overdue and you're like, if I can do that, I can do anything. Right. It's the same thing. It's like, if I can run my business under those circumstances, I can figure this out. So I guess for people who are struggling, especially when you're overwhelmed with like, ah, how is this going to work? And this is hard, that sort of thing. Just trust there is a better way. You can figure this out. Right. Like, I think this story came out when my furnace was down. There was something happening. And I remember you were telling this story about how you discovered while you were operating your business that someone stole the copper. Up the telephone line. Telephone lines. Yeah. So that, that kind of put a little kink in the plans to have coaching that <laughs> week. <laughs> so then it was like, okay, that means I don't have a telephone line. And so people need to understand the hierarchy of what I went through with my internet. It was, I'd have internet, but sometimes it would be super slow. So then I would use like a 3G, what they call it a dongle where you'd have external like Wi-Fi. That would be plan B. Then I would have my telephone as plan C. So no matter what happened, I could at least be on the phone with my clients. I had a 1-800 number. Kind of sounds kinky, but it wasn't like that. It was <laughs> it was so I would make international phone calls around the world that wouldn't cost my clients money. And then all of a sudden that went out, right? So in those moments, it wasn't like poor me or this sucks. We shouldn't live here. We need to move. It was like, okay, how am I going to figure this out? And then I just leveraged my network and said, Hey, who has internet? You know, you're at work today. Would you be willing to let me be in your living room and do my calls from your house today? And people were really generous. And on occasion I had to do that, but it was a mindset of 
this isn't working anymore, even though I had plan A, B and C. Well, what is the next level of plan? I love that because I've been podcasting and writing a lot lately about the, you know, just having an unstoppable code of conduct because there are so many things that can stop us. And circumstantially, right, I love that you were like, okay, there's plan A, B, or C. And even when those three things fail, it's not, well, this sucks, I'm out. It's like, okay, how do we solve this problem? I have a blog post coming out. It may be out by the time this episode airs about what kind of CEO do you want to be? We've had a number of things within my company that were quote unquote problems that it was really like, no, I mean, like there's a solution. Having a solution focused attitude as opposed to the sky is falling. Right. Right. And I think that's what you embody so well. I think what I've learned, it's going to be seven years this June that I've had my own company and being in masterminds with other really successful female entrepreneurs. It's like, oh, problems happen all the time. Mm -hmm. This is actually normal. (laughs) (laughs) Such a great point. Right. Like, so don't freak out about it because it didn't work. It's like, it's like with your kids, of course they get sick. Of course they vomit on the day that you have that thing. Or of Mm -hmm. course, So when we plan for the unexpected, when we plan for problems, and this goes around with resilience too, I think this is really important, especially to the way I see the difference between resilience and endurance. Mm -hmm. I think that when people are like, okay, this is the problem of this week, right? What are we dealing with this week? That it helps normalize it. It takes the drama down and it takes our adrenaline down (laughs) and we're able to attack it from a little bit more pragmatic way. I love that. This is just the problem we're dealing with today or this week. And I also love, it's true. When you're in a group, when you're in a mastermind of successful entrepreneurs and you get to hear what's happening behind the scenes, you're like, oh, I'm not a failure at Facebook ads. That's just Mm -hmm. part of the process. Or, oh, of course that happened at my event. That's a common thing that can come up. And I think like when you were just talking about having endurance and this is just what's going to happen, I think a lot of the time, myself included, we can try to understand what all the obstacles are going to be ahead of time. Yeah, let's anticipate our obstacles, but there are going to be things that are just going to happen. I was having a Zoom meeting yesterday with a group of us that are putting together this bold program for girls. So it's bare, but for girls. And, you know, we're going to be pitching schools. And I was just talking about, like, not wanting to have to deal with angry mamas. If a topic comes up that they don't like their daughter talking about sexting or whatever, it's going to come up. And one of my bare certified coaches Amy Wagon Connect, she is a former school teacher of fifth graders. And she just stopped and she's like, Susan, there will be angry mothers. Mm-hmm. Like there just will right. be. Like you can't, right. there's no safeguarding the entire program from angry mothers. <laughs> like, like, like there's going to be haters, right? Yeah, like there's yeah. going to be visa problems. Like the, the internet is going to drop. Yeah. I want to just explain how I see endurance, the relationship between endurance and resilience. Cause yeah. it's really... I think it's really important for business owners. And I say this from my own favorite method of learning, and that's learn by failure. So (laughs) I call myself a recovering perfectionist. I give it all and I go for it, whatever. And I've been working on that. And thankfully, I'm finally seeing 
results from this recovery program I put myself through. So endurance is where you absolutely give it your all. Like in childbirth, you give it your all and then you're completely depleted. And endurance is like a marathon where you give it your all. And you don't want to like have tons of energy after a marathon because then you didn't actually give it your all for the marathon. But I think what happens, especially as ambitious business owners, is that we take that endurance mindset and we apply it to our business. And that is a very short-term strategy and not the long haul. And so when I talk about endurance, it leads to depletion and resilience leads to rejuvenation. Oh, right. So every time we have a problem, it's like, for example, my my signature program year of transformation, it goes out, I work on it all year and then it gets sent out and it's like the wrong link. So, (laughs) right. That's never happened to me ever. Oh my God. (laughs) The first year I'm like, Oh my God, the wrong link, you know, and it's like, whatever, big disaster. And then, you know, by the third year or whatever, wrong link, I'm like, okay, wrong link. Damn it. And then boom, next move, right? Like that energy. This is what I know that where you and I have done work together for me and what you always talk about is about this idea of really making yourself a priority and resting Mm -hmm. because my philosophy is you got to get it while the getting's good. Like, like how many of you hold that one? We heard that, like strike while the iron's hot, make it while the sun shines. Yep, and I believe that you how we can make this positive, get it while the getting's good is when problems aren't happening, when your kids aren't sick, when there isn't who knows what going on in your relationship, like then take really good care of yourself, you know, plan properly, do the work, but then take good breaks because that is building your resilience. So when something happens, you're not coming from a place of depletion. So that's something I've learned it wasn't something that came super easy for me. So I'm really jealous of people where they're just like naturally long tea breaks, you know, <laughs> like who does that? I want to know from my listeners, how many of y'all take long tea breaks? That'll be a great thing they can message me about. I mean, I think most of my clients are like us in that that's why self-care is something I'm so like foaming at the mouth about because I've experienced it in my own life. Like I know for sure if I'm not really doubling down on what I need in terms of sleep and power Mm. foods and rest that everything else suffers. But like you, I had to learn through failure and I had to learn through becoming exhausted. Mm -hmm. And I honestly, I don't know how other people do it. Now that I do that, I mean, I must have been really hard to be around before. Because it's like, if I'm not sleeping, if I don't eat well, like if I'm not exercising, oh, I am so much more pleasant when all of those things are happening, right? I'm so much more productive. Totally. And I think that like one of the things I'm really passionate about is sharing the bare methodology for business. So even if I'm business coaching, you know, I'm weaving the principles of bare into that because it's also interconnected. And those of you listening, the more you can take care of yourself and take those tea breaks as necessary. I know some of y'all are taking extended tea breaks and you're not putting your cheeks in the seat and getting your work done. So there's a balance. (laughs) But the more you can do that, the more money you're going to make and you're going to feel better about it. Yeah. I mean, it's a journey. And I think that you have to make sure that you're committed for your 
own energy, right? Your energy and attention. But I also think that you need to be really committed. This is another thing I see that people do. I don't want to say do wrong, but it's like a misnomer. Mm -hmm. They think that they are the one who has to change to be successful in their business or whatever they're trying to achieve, but they forget that they live in a system. So if they change, it's like those baby mobiles that are over the baby's crib. If you move one part of the system, the whole system moves. So you need to set really different boundaries around how much you're giving to your family, when you're going to be available or not. And I think that what I notice with, at least with my clients is like, I'm going to try to change, but only as tight and tiny as it doesn't impact anybody else. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And they're afraid to like put their elbows out and take up more space and say, well, I'm not going to be picking you up and dropping you off every single day from school. There's going to be a nanny who comes on Tuesday and Thursday because I have to work on those days. Right. Right. That willingness for boundaries to change. I think that's something that holds people back. So what do you think in terms of the work that you do with expats, what do you notice is one of the biggest things if someone's new to living abroad in terms of resiliency, what do you find is one of the number one things that you have to do with your clients to get them to be able to survive and thrive in that? Well, I mean, on, well, to be really honest, the new expats are still like in the honeymoon phase. So they're still like really excited about, you know, new currency, new food, new language, you know, the exotic and all of that. But what eventually happens is I think people realize that this is for reals, like they're away from their profession or they're away from their family and they really start to miss home or miss what was familiar. They miss their old selves, right? Like maybe they gave up their profession and they're following their partner abroad. That is when it's really serious, I think, for them to look inward and not outward. It's so easy to look at where you live and your geography and say, this place is making me miserable. Mm-hmm. It's because we're here that I'm unhappy mm-hmm. rather than, okay, my needs aren't getting met. And they were getting met in our old place because my structures and everything was there. Now all that's gone. Okay, well, what needs do I have and how can I get them met? So, you know, even something as simple as like, you know, missing loved ones. So it's like you miss them. You want to know that you love the crap out of them. So how do you meet that need, right? And then you have to get really creative about meeting those needs because those needs are going to be no matter where you are. They are location independent. (laughs) But if you're not doing the work, right, you left. It's like with Martha Beck's four squares, right? You left the promised land. You left this place where you had built everything up. And now you're in square one going, okay, now what? Right. You have to do the work to build up those things again. So for those of you listening who don't know, we'll include a resource in the show notes about the change cycle. So what Sunday and I both were trained by Dr. Martha Beck and the change cycle is such a wonderful tool to use, not only for yourself, but if you're doing any kind of work with clients to just kind of understand how change can trigger you and there are different stages to change and you're always going through some form of the change cycle, no matter what, in some area of your life, whether it's business, relationships, self-love doesn't matter. We're always going through that cycle. We can't ever not be changing. But it's Mm -hmm. a dramatic, right? Moving abroad is a big trigger, a big change, and it can disrupt a lot of things. So I think that's a big one. The other one, so I think people, they lose their sense of identity 
whatever they were before and they're not anymore is really hard, especially if your partner has a job and is feeling fulfilled at work, your kids have school and they're fine and you're the one at home going, now what? There, I really encourage the ones who are what they call the accompanying partner, the one who goes along on the global assignment so that the partner can take the lead assignment, that they find their own purpose. Yeah. Like their purpose isn't to take care of the kids. Their purpose isn't to get the house installed. They need a purpose beyond that. And I think for those of you listening who are, I have quite a few listeners who are really interested in becoming entrepreneurs or really interested in making the leap and becoming a life coach. I think that many of you are in that situation right now, not living abroad necessarily, but just in your own lives, looking and searching for purpose. And I think it's, oh my gosh, it's so important because I can remember being a stay-at-home mom and looking around and feeling guilty that I wasn't more grateful for what I had, but recognizing there was this hole, there was this gap between what I was and what I thought I should be and trying to figure that out. It's a painful spot to be in. I mean, if you say in public that it's doesn't feel like it's enough to be a mother, you'll get stoned publicly. Like you can't ever say that. (laughs) There's like zero permission for that. (laughs) But what we do know about purpose is that it's actually life-threatening if you don't have a deep sense of purpose. People with a weak sense of purpose, they die sooner. They have worse sex lives. Their health is worse. And people with a strong sense of purpose live longer and have stronger relationships and all of that. So I want people to know who are feeling guilty because we don't have permission to say that being a parent isn't enough. We're actually biologically programmed for purpose. And some people, it is their role as a parent. And that's wonderful, right? But we can't shame people who want to be a parent and a professional and a spouse and a volunteer and an activist and, 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 right? Like, who am I to judge? Honestly, I so love hearing you say that because I do think a lot of women who are considering this work or are already in business for themselves, but feel really guilty about doing it. It's like, we all need to hear that. Like we're programmed Mm -hmm. for purpose. Everyone's better for it. Everyone needs a happy mom, not an exclusive mom. (laughs) Right. Let's be honest. Anybody who's listening right now, they are the last people on the planet who are going to be selfish, right? Right. right. If you're listening <laughs> to this podcast, you're, you're probably all right. Right. Like the definition of selfish is where you think only of your needs and not the needs of others. You know, I have a hunch that everybody listening is actually thinking of everybody else's needs and not thinking about their own. Like I always see it on a spectrum. Selfish is on one side of the spectrum. Selfless is on the other side. And we need to move in the middle towards self-care where you're looking at your needs and the needs of others. So it's seriously not even a risk <laughs> for right. anybody. <laughs> right. I know. I had a client once say that she was really scared that she was a narcissist. And I started laughing and I said, do you know how I know you're not a narcissist? Is because <laughs> you're worried that you might be one. Narcissists don't walk around being scared that they might be a narcissist because they could give a shit <laughs> about any kind of thing like that. They think they're great. So let's talk about how people can find you and engage with you Sunday. Of course, we have all the information in the show notes, but talk to us about what's up. Are you doing your Fresh Fridays? I am. Oh, well, you know what? Honestly, my Fresh Friday was going to the gym and I could barely lift my coffee in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) 
Seriously, awesome. and I was trying to wash my hair and I put my hands up and I'm like, oh, this hurts so bad. Okay, so what's going on with me? I'm a podcast host. I have Expat Happy Hour where I talk about all these topics around purpose and living abroad and all the tough stuff that nobody wants to talk about. I offer tips and solutions on expat happy hour. I am on sundaybean.com. That's my website. I coach individuals who are living abroad. I have something called year of transformation for people who are really stuck and looking to figure out that thing, that life abroad that is really meaningful for them. But probably the thing I'm most excited about right now is that I work with coaches who are interested in really honing up their tool set for global mobility. So if you're a coach and you coach expats, I've put together over a decade of my tools into a tidy online program and I'm teaching coaches right now and it's wonderful. So I'm on fire about expat coach coalition. Yes. (laughs) Any of y'all in that space, you need to check that program out because it's a lifesaver. Like she said, 12 years experience doing this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, I was doing, I found myself like, do you know, from Lord of the Rings, there's Gollum from the movie and he has the ring and he's like, my precious. <laughs> <laughs> and I realized that's what I was doing as my coaching tools. I'm like, I have all these tools for global mobility and I'm just kind of hoarding them over like the, the ring and the dark. And I was like, okay, fine. There are so many great coaches out there that if I shared those tools with them, then I can have a bigger impact. So now is the time. This my is the precious. I'm my never going to be able to forget that. <laughs> hilarious. Well, I know that it's evening time, probably your bedtime where you are in South Africa. So I want to thank you for being here and sharing your dropping so much wisdom for my peeps. <laughs> thank you for having okay. me. It's been a wonderful. Okay. One more thing before we finish up today's episode, I want to issue a quick challenge for everyone listening. Write down five things that feel like problems in your business. Anything that comes to mind, big or small. Maybe your kids constantly interrupt you when you're trying to work, or you don't have a real office yet and you're working from the kitchen counter, or you live in a rural area and your Wi-Fi connection isn't so great. Whatever. Next to each problem, write down one way you could transform this problem into an opportunity. Your kids constantly interrupt you, opportunity. Write a hilarious blog post about the challenges of being a working parent. I've done that many times. Turn that frustration into a funny, moving piece of writing. You don't have the best Wi-Fi? Opportunity. Send handwritten thank you notes to your favorite clients. So much better anyway than sending an email. Train yourself to become an opportunity-generating machine. The more you do this, the more habitual it becomes. And eventually your brain just automatically operates like this, solution focused. And you become the type of person who sees opportunities all day long, everywhere you go. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. This week, if you notice yourself whining about your first world problems, I want you to channel your inner Sunday bean and shift your attitude, boo. Tap into your inner grit and resilience. Flip that minor obstacle into a major victory. See you next week. I'm going to be over here ordering more Nespresso coffee pods on Amazon to prevent future coffee emergencies. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Susan Hyatt's Rich Coach Club. If you enjoyed today's show, please head over to shyatt.com 
forward slash cash where you'll find my brand new money magazine. Now listen, we designed this magazine to be entertaining, educational, and help you make serious bank. So you can download the magazine. There's a money quiz inside. There's an interview with one of my favorite clients who went from making no money and being served eviction papers to making over six figures in a very short amount of time. So the magazine includes that feature, lots of resources to help you do it, lots of resources about creating wealth and investing money. It's pretty robust, y'all. So head over to sihat.com forward slash cash to get that magazine. And you'll also find a link to join my free Facebook community, especially for coaches called Rich Coach Club. So bring your coaching practice and your income to the next level at sihat.com. S-H-Y-A-T-T dot com. See you next week.